I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. Yo, what's popping, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Celtics Pod podcast with me, your boy, Adam Taylor. As usual, I'm joined by my homie, my compadre, my co-host in crime, Mr. I was about to say, will we have this? Greg Manakis. Not much, man. I got my big old uh, liter, a 1.5 liter of orange juice right here. Drinking some, drinking some uh, Tropicana. It's got a lot of potassium in it. Been dealing with some cramps. Got a basketball game in a men's league later tonight. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm avoiding those cramps, bro. So you'll see me drinking out of this big old <laughs> one and a half liter of orange juice. I'm on my... Uh... My big, my tree troll self flex at the moment. So I'm on, I've got some big soda. boy flex. Yeah, I'm big boy as in overweight boy, but I got some soda to keep up that overweightness. Um, <laughs> it's not good. I shouldn't be promoting that at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, get back to the gym, Adam. And anyone listening, gym's good, soda bad, but soda tastes so good. I was, I was half expecting you to have Minute Maid, to be honest. Yeah, um, Tropicana has kind of been my family favorite since I was a little kid. I've never really drank Minute Maid in my entire life. So Tropicana, Tropicana all day. Yeah, we, Tropicana, Tropicana, Tropicana is always um, is always in my refrigerator. Like whether it's the tropical juice, the orange juice, the apple mm. juice, there's always a, like a carton of that. But when I'm stateside, like, yeah, I have to hit Minute Maid, dude, because just <laughs> I, we don't get it here, so I gotta hit it because like it's the same as Kool Aid, right? I always bring back. A tub or two of Kool Aid, just because I'm I drink it like so sparingly, like because yeah. I'm, but I'm like we don't get it here, so I might as well just have it in the cupboard just in case I want it. What's your soda of choice? Uh, it's usually either either cola, like you know, like Coke, like Coke or yeah. or Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper is pretty fire. Yeah, it's the uh, but I find that man, it's it gives you heartburn, right? Like it like. A can of Dr Pepper, and I'm 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 in my thirties now, dude. I'm looking for like the heartburn pills after, like yo, dude, too acidic, man. No, I feel that, man. I I don't really drink soda. Um, I would drink it like in a mixed drink, maybe, but I kind of don't drink that much booze anyway, because because for me, it's the heartburn, right? I drink. This is mid thirties talk, right here, everybody. But when I drink alcohol now, I get heartburn, and I can't really eat food for a couple of days, and it just messes up my schedule. So I really don't even want to drink because of that. Um, but soda for me, I like I cut out soda pretty much when I turned probably when I went to college. I just like stopped drinking soda, and I went through one phase of drinking a lot of soda probably like two years ago, probably, probably right around when COVID happened just because like, why not? But I don't, I don't really like soda, man. I'm, I'm more, so when I was a kid, I, my dad used to get those IBC root beers. You know, those, the one that looked there in like a, a bottle. So it looks like you're drinking a beer. Um, they're yeah, really good. They're IBC, really good. IBC, IBC root beer and IBC cream soda. So those were the ones that I drank growing up. Um, but then I switched over to real beer so I was like, I don't really need to drink that. Uh, that was just for the look, you know, it's like smoking a candy cigarette. <laughs> it's some like, for a long time, I was always, we have something here called like, the, the, it's called squash. People call it, call it, it's called squash. And it's just concentrated liquid uh, that you pour into a glass and then you mix it with water and it's like low sugar, but it just, it's basically it puts flavor in the water, right? Okay. Um, 
so I usually had I used for a long time I was just that so I was like drinking like large quantities of water and coffee right coffee is my go-to dude if I if, if you open me up now coffee is what runs through my veins <laughs> it'll be coffee with little coffee sludge yeah with little basketballs floating out as well so um but recently I'd say like the last last eight months or so like I'm like yeah just a soda a day just one can of soda a day just as like a little treat but like that adds up, dude. It does, bro. It does. So I know that we've we've pitched this idea before, but playing in that three on three media tournament. I so like, if we ever, shape. bro, you need something, right? You need the carrot dangling in front of you. You don't need the soda can dangling in front of you anymore. You need the carrot dangling in front of you of us actually playing three on three against other media teams. And I think I think we'd be able to get you back in shape. I I personally, dude. So at the end of the summer. And my metabolism is crazy. I can cut weight pretty easily. I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. So like I was 200 pounds July 24th, I think. And it's October 11th and I'm like 170, right? And basically all I did was stop drinking beer. So I haven't had a beer since then. And I've been eating a lot of vegetables. And it might sound crazy, but I've been eating a lot more vegetables, a lot less red meat, um, not plant-based by any means, but just uh, just eating more of the vegetables. And I'm, I'm just like feeling a lot better great yeah it's like for me it's similar man like if i want to drop weight i change bacon to turkey bacon yeah i change you know what i mean just little things like that if i'm going to have beef i might switch it to like um like a turkey steak or yeah. you just go lean meat right and then or some mm-hmm. or if i want beef i might get ostrich instead so ostrich like, yeah because it's like the leanest meat you can buy is that readily available it's pretty easily to pretty easy to get really I dude, I've never had ostrich in my life. I've seen it like out at restaurants, like an ostrich burger, but I've never like gone to the grocery store and just been like, oh yeah, let's pick up some ostrich today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit richer than what beef is, dude, but it's lean. So you know, if you're trying to cut weight and you still want red meat in your diet, that's an up, that's a way to go. Dude, if you were out like you know, hundreds of years ago, and you just saw an ostrich run by you on a field. Would you be like, you know, I'm going I'm to kill that thing and I'm going to have it for dinner? No, dude, look, ostriches are big, bro. They're so big, dude. I'm running the other way. I always think back to that Kevin Hart skit uh, where he's like, uh, his head's facing this way, but his body's moving this way. <laughs> have you seen that one? I you haven't know, seen that one. He's like, oh, an ostrich, uh, he's with a friend and a friend throws a pen, it hits this ostrich. So they're in the car, like, just like, foot to the floor on the gas and this ostrich because ostriches are fast right they're like one of the fastest land animals and like, like, yeah, the ostrich is down. literally next to the passenger seat staring at me but running forwards <laughs> it was like one of the scariest <laughs> so i'm like how can you you can't how, how would you kill an ostrich <laughs> so i don't know how we've gotten to ostriches at six minutes 40 six minutes 50 into the podcast but here we are that's what we do, man. That's what we do. Let's so, just move on. But hey, <laughs> before we get into today's uh, little gimmick that we're going to do, I have a question for you. So I we were we were texting the other day, and you were like, I don't even know if I want to go back and watch the third preseason game. First question, did you end up going to watch that game? Did you watch it? No, I was very hungover, and then work got busy. Okay, so you still haven't watched it? No, so what I'm going to do, what I told myself I was going to do, was I was going to watch double. So like when they play Toronto on Friday, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the Hornets game on the Friday and then the Toronto game on the Saturday. Okay. 
make a nice little weekend for yourself. Make a bit of a weekend out of it, yeah. Because I was like, there's nothing, it, it's not a regular season game. I've seen enough highlights to understand how it went. And yep. it was the Noah Vanley game, and I'm not really that high on Noah Vanley. So I'm kind of just like, yo, I saw Derek White drop Lamelo. I saw, I saw literally everything I needed to see. Yeah. To me, when you said that, I was like, this is the dude that when the Celtics got Moses Brown, he went back and watched every single possession Moses Brown has ever played. And he can't take the time to watch this preseason game. I was howling laughing at the thought of you and like the the guy that we just cut, Luca, whatever his name is, like all the tape you watched on that dude. You can't watch this one preseason game because you're too hungover. <laughs> I was I was dying laughing. That's how bad I was, bro. Like, because I'm like you, right? I don't drink like that. Like, I have like nice like whiskey around me and that, but it's like it's one here and there. I like the I like the opportunity to choose. Do I want single malt? Do I want something flavored? Do I want a bourbon? But it's one here and there. So when I'm out on like an all day drinking session, like I'm still in my early twenties. It's uh, I was I, I, it's not like I was hungover. I just wasn't well. Yeah, <laughs> I like how on the last pod you just kept like calling yourself tender, and Will for whatever reason just like wasn't picking up on the fact that you were just using it to mean hungover. I was dying laughing every time yeah. you you said I. So like I know Will so well. I could just kind of picture his face as you're saying that he's got this little smirk that he does whenever he like sort of understands something, but not sure if he 100% understands it. So I could like picture your guys' faces as you were talking, which is really Dude, cool. I was tender as hell, man. Like, I was like, every, like my soul was aching. And it was like, I, I did, I switched to water at some point in the night because I was just like, dude, I need to, I need to, I, no, but English people don't do that. Like, yeah, that's I mean, unheard of. It's unheard of. Like, especially like, the bar I was at, people were looking at me like I'd just discovered fire. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what's, what's, what's that in your cup? Yeah. What do you got in your cup? It was uh it was a fun time. It was a fun time, man. But no, I haven't gone back and watched it yet. I will do, because like you say, I do get a little bit crazy. I was going backwards and forwards today on whether I needed to watch every possession from college of AJ Reeves just so I knew what they were getting and I was like the dudes if they sign him to a full deal yeah I'm gonna do it but if he's going to, if he's it's getting kind of one, your, it's kind of your thing though dude like you've kind of put yourself when whenever the Celtics make the most like ancillary move I'm like oh Adam's gonna watch this guy and I can just ask Adam what he thinks of him like I don't even need to watch the tape because I know Adam's literally gonna watch every possession <laughs> dating back to like middle school with a kid so I went through it today and I was like well I didn't go and watch it but I've really questioned it with myself like do I go back and just pull <laughs> all of his college film from last season just to see what he's about I'm like dude six six can shoot by the looks of it and then I'm like no, you've been burnt by Lucas Amanich. You did this a few weeks back. You've been burnt. You were burnt by Moses Brown. Like I get when they make an ancillary move, that's kind of what I do. But I think I need to be a bit more judicial because yeah, that's, I'm doing that's these smart. deep dives on guys that don't even stay in the league. So what's the point in having the knowledge? <laughs> so like, I, feel, I feel you, man, but it's all about developing that routine. And I feel like if you don't watch the tape on AJ Reeves, then he is going to be the guy that hits. Also, he's just got a great name. You know, he's got a great basketball name. So who, who knows, man? He's you a know what? Kid I might well. do it tomorrow. If you follow me on uh, probably Instagram and Twitter, I'll probably do it more on Instagram because that's where my focus is these days. But if you follow me on social, you're probably going to see some AJ Reeves stuff from me before Friday. <laughs> it's just going to happen. <laughs> 
Hey, and one more thing, because I am not. Will always calls me an R-Pod on Green with MB. Calls me the one more thing king. Uh, so feel free to take that moniker as well. You you always say at the end of the pod, I should have done this at the beginning of the pod. I so did. why don't you why don't you do this at the beginning of the pod, and we could take a little break, and then we can get into our gimmick. Yeah. So if you enjoyed the show and you're a regular listener, then thank you very much. If you're new and we haven't scared you off by the talk of ostriches and <laughs> <laughs> then please continue to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or hit that sub that follow slash subscribe button on Apple or Spotify. Share it with your friends. And the one thing I'm really big on at the moment, because I go through phases of what I'd like to see, right? Is I'd really enjoy if you guys hear a take off us, guys or girls, sorry, if you hear a take off us and you want to discuss it, tweet at us. DM me on Instagram. I don't know where you follow me. You might follow me on both. You might follow me on one of them. But contact me or contact Greg or contact Will and be like, yeah, I really like this. What's your thought on this? Or dude, that was a bad take. As long as you're polite, like you're tactful about it and you're not coming at us calling us all very mean names, we're going to be very happy to hear from you. I want to give a quick shout to uh, Celtics Canada. I know that follows both of us on on Twitter. Um, Always reaches out, always shows love. Um, always responds to things that we talk about. You know, he'll hit me up on Twitter. He'll retweet something that I put out. Um, Shout out. Appreciate the love. Everybody out there, make sure that you're following us. Um, You know, Tropicana versus Minute Maid, Dr. Pepper versus Coke, whatever it is you want to talk about, I'm down. Doesn't have to be basketball content. I'm down to uh, be a servant to your conversation. Sweet potato fries versus regular fries. That's always a conversation needs to be had. For what it's worth, sweet potato fries wins every time. Right then. (laughs) Greg pulled a face. Do you disagree? Uh, I like sweet potato fries when they're in waffle form. Okay. Okay. I like them when there's like a sour cream and chive dip. Ooh. That dirty to me. (laughs) Right then. (laughs) Moving on. What we're going to do today, seems we've wasted 15 minutes of your time already, everybody is we're going to spend the next 30 minutes of your time talking some actual basketball, but it's not really going to be Celtics basketball because there's nothing going on, right? We mentioned AJ Reeves. We mentioned, mentioned Lucas Samanich. And silly removes, Adam didn't go and pull the film. Naughty Adam. I am sorry. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to discuss a couple of teams around the league that have got in, that are peaking our interest. We're, we're interested in them. We want to see more. They're kind of a... The league past teams is what a lot of yeah. people are calling it now, right? So I'm going to let you start. What What is your number one league past team this season? Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm nice. obsessed with the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. I think that the I love Darius Garland. I, I think he, by the end of the year, my like out of the box, maybe crazy prediction is that he is going to be thought of around the league as a better player and point guard than Trey Young. So that's that's where I'm at with Darius Garland. I think he's that good. Okay, I'm I'm also maybe a little bit lower on Trey Young than some. Initial thoughts. I agree that he could be he will be for uh, potentially four tough as a better all around guard than Trey Young because Trey Young cannot defend. Yeah. So and I'm fairly low on Trey Young too. I see him as he's. I'm going to get hate for this, but Trey Young to me is Duncan Robinson with handles. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's differences, but I just wanted to kind of put it like a little bit blunt and a little bit abstract just to kind of put get you to understand that 
that three point shot, the playmaking's fantastic. I'm not going to take mm-hmm. it away from him. Lamelo Ball's a better playmaker than Trey Young. Trey Young's a better shooter than Lamelo Ball. Neither of them can defend a lick. Darius Garland is a step down or two step downs of, of a playmaker, but makes it up on the defensive end. He's got fantastic control of the game, reads it really well. I think he's just more of a complete guard than what Trey Young is and subsequently what Lamelo is. So I kind of put Trey Young and Lamelo in a similar category, but I do think Lamelo is also going to be better than Trey. Yeah. And I think Darius Garland, like I don't think anybody's going to mistake him for Marcus Smart on the defensive end. Right. But he tries. Yeah. Like he, people are going to pick on him. He's undersized. He's six one, you know, he's, he's kind of slight of frame, but he's got, as you said, he's got a good IQ and he tries and Trey young doesn't really try on the defensive end. You know, you want to see him and maybe it's a, it's a business decision because he's so slight of frame. If he gets too physical on the defensive end, he might get hurt, you know? So maybe it's a business decision for him, but it does impact his team. The fact that he can't play defense. Um, so one Darius Garland, love him. I think the Donovan Mitchell trade was an unbelievable move for that squad. I think they're going to be the most fun backcourt to watch. So when you talk about league pass teams or whatever, that's definitely something that you want is that it's entertaining basketball. You don't want to watch um, who's like the worst team to watch. Maybe the Hornets and the Hornets are probably going to be horrible to watch this year. The Wizards probably aren't going to be any fun to watch this year. Like I don't, I'm not interested in those teams. The Cavs, I think with Garland and Mitchell, it being such a new thing is really cool. That's definitely one reason why I want to tune in. And then Mobley obviously is, you know, potential generational talent on as a, as a two way big who can guard. I'm, I'm really interested to see him guard wings against the Celtics where one of these things we want to do in this segment is talk about the intersection of these teams with the Celtics, if applicable. And Evan Mobley guarding Jason Tatum is something that I'm really interested in seeing. He covered him for a few possessions um, down the stretch of games last season. He did a good job. I think him guarding wings around the league is something that I want to just tune in to see because I think he is that special on the defensive end. And then because I live in Austin, Texas, their starting center, Jared Allen, who I, I wanted the Celtics to try and steal um, back, back when he was with the Nets, is a University of Texas guy. And I've always been a fan, love the Afro, love what he does on the defensive end. One of the few centers in the league that can actually hold his own against Joel Embiid one-on-one. And um, I just I just love their team. I love their potential. They're weird. They're fun. They're young. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the Cavs at the moment in terms of what they've done, how they used the Donovan Mitchell trade to essentially finally break free of that rebuild from the LeBron era. They've still got Kevin Love there that's going to give them that veteran leadership, the rebounding, the three-point shooting. You mentioned Mobley. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to 2023, 2024, when we can see Mobley versus Wembenyana. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup. I'm also looking forward to seeing how Jalen Brown deals with Mobley. If Mobley switched on to Jalen Brown, that that's going to be interesting because I see Brown more as um attacking the rim a little bit more or looking for those mid-range shots a little bit more than what Tatum would. I feel like Tatum against someone like Mobley would go into more of a playmaking mode, right? And start facilitating out of the post or out of the high post and the elbows and whatever. Whereas I think Brown would try and catch a body. So I'd be really, like, I think that would be a fun matchup to watch unfold over the course of like a game, especially like if they were hunting switches on either side, that would be really fun. Huge Darius Garland guy. I'm keen to see 
what Donovan Mitchell does now, and then with without Rudy Gobert behind him to hide that those defensive deficiencies, uh, and with a little bit more riding on his shoulders in terms of hey, we moved heaven and earth to bring you here. You're meant to be the guy that completes this rotation. I'm I'm very curious to see how he does. Right. Yeah, and he I I mean he's a heck of a player. Like his playoff stats are insane. Um one of the things that's been underwhelming as you alluded to is that he's been, you know, he's been underwhelming on the defensive end. He had Rudy Gobert to clean up those mistakes, but they also didn't have a lot of good defenders around yeah. him either, right? Mike Conley's sleight of frame tries but isn't a great defender. Royce O'Neal's he's solid on, on the wing. Um Bogdanovich is okay, but Jordan Clarkson's like their main guy coming off the bench. They didn't really have a lot of pieces there to support Gobert in general. Um, And Mitchell just underwhelmed on the defensive end. But when I saw him live in summer league, when he was a rookie, dude, I have never seen a guy with more physical tools to be a pest on the defensive end. So I think with him and Garland kind of just wreaking havoc in that backcourt and also being able to take some of the pressure off each other in the playmaking department. I think that's going to allow them to commit more energy to the defensive end. And also I think when you join a new team, you know, the you're, you're the, the fun new toy to play with, but you also probably have the mentality of, all right, I want to prove myself. I, I did it in Utah. Everybody loved me in Utah. I was thought of as a top 20 guy in Utah. Now let me see if I can replicate that with this new team and be a leader for these younger guys because now he's the veteran of that young group, which is kind of crazy to say because he's only 24 years old. Yeah, situation breeds success, right? Like sometimes these great players can go to a situation and it be excellent for them and they take their game to a new level, but it could also be a bad fit or a bad situation, whether that be on court, off court, coaching, whatever it may be. Bad situation could mean that we see Mitchell's stuck fall a little bit and that's going to be interesting, right? I mean, the bad situation could just be that hey, you're now viewed upon as the guy that's meant to be the spearhead to everything we've been building towards from now on, and we're going to ride you like that. So it's, it's going to really, it's going to be riveting. Honestly, they're going to be a really fun team to watch throughout the season, especially once they figure things out midway through and get into a rhythm. I'm really interested. Sticking with the East Coast, my first league pass team, and because I believe they have the biggest X factor of a player, in terms of for their ability to make the playoffs or not, I'm going to go with the Knicks. And obviously that means I'm talking Julius Randle because one year he, like, you know, you're going back, not last season, but the season before, Julius Randle almost single-handedly dragged you to the playoffs. Then you come to next season, Julius Randle's not really himself. He's clashing with the fan base a little bit. You don't make the playoffs at all. You make a move to bring in Jalen Brunson. Quinton Grimes has got another year under his belt. Emmanuel quickly has got another year under his belt. RJ Barrett gets that contract extension. Mitchell Robinson re-signs to stay, if I remember correctly. So your core's in place, right? And you went and got Brunson, which was the scorer you believed you needed. I mean, look, at one of the biggest things that went wrong for New York last season was they came into the summer, that's like 2022, 2021, like, hey, we've got the defense. Defense got us into the into the playoffs, you know. We got us into that first round. We needed more scoring. That's what we were missing. Let's go get Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. Things just didn't work out. 
They've moved on from Walker. They've brought in Brunson. Fournier's still there. He's a complimentary player. He's, you know, some days you're going to get good. Some days you're going to get bad. But everything hinges on Julius Randle. And I think in terms of ability and impact, he's the biggest swing factor on a single team that's trying to make the playoffs. And that's going to be really interesting to me. Real quick tangent on Julius Randle. So I was looking um, at odds for, for different NBA awards, right? And Andrew Wiggins right now for defensive player of the year, you could make a bet on Andrew Wiggins at plus 20,000 odds, which means if you bet a hundred dollars, you could win $20,000, right? That's just like the way to, to think of it. Julius Randle has the same odds to be MVP, which is not happening in any world. But there is a chance in which Andrew Wiggins, who was the best wing defender in the playoffs last year, when everybody's talking about, you know, um, Mikhail Bridges being the, the the best wing defender out there, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, so on and so forth. Andrew Wiggins was the most impactful defender in the playoffs last year, guarding Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum. So if you're interested, that's out there. Um, now with with the with the Knicks, what I see is this team is young, dude. The only person over 30 years old on their roster, Derek Rose. Everybody else is pretty much 27 or under. Uh, Fournier is 29, but Randall's 27. Brunson, 26. Seems like he's been around a while. He's, it's only his fifth year, I think. Um, he's 26 years old. They're so deep. Let me just list some of these names for you, Adam. I'm a big fan of the Knicks this year. Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, Miles McBride, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randall, Jericho Sims, Isaiah Hartenstein. All those guys could get minutes on pretty much any NBA team out there because they're all solid players. Now, the issue with them is do they have that top end guy? And that's why you you know started talking about Julius Randle. They hope Jalen Brunson can be that guy. Um, he's definitely an upgrade over what they had last year. They're going to be fun. They're going to be interesting. They got young players that I like. I love watching Obi Toppin. Miles McBride reminds me of a young Marcus Smart. Cam Reddish is someone I'm keeping my eye on that might be available. Maybe the Celtics figure out a way to steal him, um, pair him with Jalen and Tatum, and maybe um, maybe he finds you know a gear he didn't know he had. There's all these guys out there that I love. And then the one guy that I'm interested in hearing from you about is Mitchell Robinson. I feel like you've been high on Mitchell Robinson in the past. Where are you at with him? I think you're on mute. I'm lower on him than I used to be. Okay. Tell me why. I mean, injuries play a part, but I'm high on Rob and Rob's injured, so I can't use that as a full excuse. I think part of it is he's not as impactful as what Robert is, Robert Williams is in terms of he's still a big body. I don't think he has as much above the rim play, even though he's tall. Uh, I don't think he's got much of a post game to speak of. He's definitely just like a bulldozer. And then I just don't think he's got the lateral movement to be an elite rim protector. I think he could be a, a like a high level drop defender, but you're never mm-hmm. going to ask him to be like a proper rim protector or, uh, you know, if Tibbs decides to try and put him as that, that rover role. He just doesn't have the explosiveness to pull that off. So I think he's going to end up being one of the better drop coverage big men in the league but I just think his ceiling is a little bit lower than what I expected because I always expected him to kind of like his frame to alter as he got more into the league started Mm -hmm. to put on some lean muscle I always thought he'd start being a little bit more mobile than what he really is yeah when you look at him you know 
you kind of see when you know a couple of years ago you're like oh could he become like another rudy gobert he's that big right he's seven yeah. feet tall he's got long arms and then he kind of ended up being a little bit more like hassan whiteside yeah <laughs> a bit more plodding is the word yeah a little there. bit more plodding he's not as um bouncy and as springy as as he needs to be to be that to exactly. be that type of guy i think um, for me as well sorry um no go ahead the, the my biggest question mark and another thing that's making me super interested in the Knicks right now is I genuinely believe they've got the wrong coach for their team right now. I think Tibbs needs a veteran team that he needs to squeeze the last bits out of a few of the guys and really hold these stars accountable to mesh everyone together. And with a young team, I just don't see him as that player development coach. Now, yeah, I might be wrong, but a Kenny Atkinson feels like he's much better suited to that job or a James Borrego is yeah. more both of those guys feel much better suited to the Knicks than what Tibbs does. Yeah, it's like hey, Tibbs wants to play veteran, so let's give him a roster with only one. <laughs> 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 Just Derek Rose, he's your only like true vet on the roster. We um, saw so what got- happened when you had Jimmy Butler, dude. You're not having no vets anymore. You ain't upsetting right. no more vets. <laughs> <laughs> but who's your favorite young guy on the Knicks? Mine's Grimes. Quickly, probably. Yeah. Maybe fun. I'd love Topping as well. I just think that Topping's so much fun, dude. He's yeah, like that. Yeah. I think as Knicks fan, so I had a chance to speak with your boy, uh, Jonathan Macri, over the summertime, and we were talking about the Knicks. And when I compared um, Grimes to Jamal Murray, he kind of reminds me like what he was doing in Summer League. I'm not saying that he's like the Jamal Murray 2.0 or anything like that, but I saw some flashes of Jamal Murray in him, which I didn't really see last year. Last year, I saw more of just like, the the Clay Thompson um, comparison that everybody was making, but Grimes to me is the guy that when I see him, I'm like, ooh, this guy could be a steal for them. And as a Knicks fan, I'm not a Knicks fan, but it, I, I have friends that are Knicks fans. If I were a Knicks fan, I'd just be excited to watch this team. You don't have they're in that fun little happy medium place, right? They don't have title aspirations, but they're not going to be terrible. They just have a lot of fun players that they can root for. And then who knows? Like maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they win around. Maybe they're making some noise. And then it's just a fun season for them. So that's how, you know, as, as you pick them as your number one league pass team, I agree, dude. I could see myself um, rooting for them because I know they're not going to really cause too many problems for the Celtics. So just like enjoying a bunch of fun players. I also find it fascinating because they've been in a rebuild for like 15 years yeah so so that's that's fascinating to me uh go on who's your let's go for a western conference league pass team who you got in your western conference league pass team gotta go with the pelicans man yeah boy pelicans are fun they are fun ingram hasn't even played in the preseason i'm higher on brandon ingram than i think most celtics fans would be just because there's always the comparisons between him jalen and jason um i just appreciate for him for what he is i think he's come a long way as a playmaker and as a defender i'm interested in just seeing him and zion and how they can coexist and then when you add in you know, Trey Murphy looks great in the preseason. He grew to 6'10". He's knocking down threes, making things happen off the bounce. They've got CJ McCollum now. They got him last year at the trade deadline. Herb Jones, a lot of people, you know, they're talking about him as a favorite for defensive player of the year. Uh, they got guy, they got Alvarado. Alvarado is one of the most fun dudes I've seen in a long time. He added a little bit to his game. He played for the Puerto Rican national team over the summer. He seems to come in, he's come into the season with a newfound confidence. I've been watching all of their preseason games. And then Zion, dude, how can you not root for the guy? He's one of the most 
explosive athletes we've seen, one of the most fun athletes we've seen over the past decade, you know, probably the most explosive athlete we've seen come into the league since LeBron. So it's just really cool to see him healthy, to see him slim. He looks great. Um, I've noticed he's not quite finishing around the rim in the preseason like he was. He was finishing at like 75% around the rim. I watched one game in which he missed maybe like eight or 10 layups. Some of them were on and one opportunities, but with Zion, you expect everything to go in when he's got it around the rim. So I just hope he becomes the player that I think he can be just because it's fun to have more guys to to watch and be entertained by. First things first, you missed out, you missed out my boy Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, my, my Lithuanian brother. <laughs> Second of all, Trey Murphy, dude. I really like Trey Murphy. He's so He's good. good. Like just as a, as a free and like just as a sharpshooting big man that can give you a little bit of like free and D with some rebounding, he's just good. He's gonna be really good. He's gonna help them so much stretching the floor. Brandon Ingram, I think, I think going from Los Angeles to New Orleans was probably the best thing for Brandon Ingram's career because he's slowly developed outside of that spotlight on a team with low expectations, and now he's that borderline all star type talent, right? Um, and he, you just know that he can bring it on any given night. True three-level scorer, good size, a little bit thin. I always thought he would have stuck some more muscle on. He hasn't really done that, but he uses that sliveriness to his advantage. McCollum's McCollum. Zion, I'm not worried. Like If you miss 10 layups during preseason, I really don't care. It's preseason. When it, you're just going to stuff them anyway once it's the regular season. You're just going to yeah, jam them anyway, so it don't matter. The Pelicans are one of the more fun teams to watch, right? Like, and I think that another thing about them is even with all this talent, outside of like hardcore hoop heads, no one has them pegged for being able to make any noise. And I'm just like, and I'm like, dude, this team is stacked. Like, it's real deep. The West isn't great anymore. Like, obviously, there are some good teams in the West, but when you look around the West, like, and it, you got the Nuggets, you got the Warriors, you got the Clippers. I guess the, you know, people want to say the Lakers are still really good, but no. I don't know if that's true. The Mavs, the Grizzlies, right? The Kings, maybe they'll make some noise this year. I like the team that I'm I'm kind of out on is the Suns. I don't I don't see the Suns having a good year at all. But when you just look around to look around the West, and then to your point, like the Pelicans could absolutely avoid the play in this year. Oh, easily. And I just want to point out that where Isaiah Stewart has the best nickname in the East with Beef Stew, Alvarado has the best nickname in the West. Grand Grand Theft Alvarado. I love that. GTA. I'm that's like, yo, it's a dope nickname, man. So I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Uh, no, I'm a big fan. I think they've got all the pieces they need. Could they do with a bit more bench depth? Of course, a lot of teams could do with a bit more bench depth. There's not enough elite bench depth to go around, unfortunately. You know, I've been talking a lot about needing wing depth in Boston. So there's definitely ways they could improve. And I'm not saying they're going to be a contending team by any means, but I could see them making a second round. Yeah, absolutely. Quite easy. Who's, who's your second team? So I had the Pelicans, but you went and took that from me. So um I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've got another East Coast team on the West, maybe. Hmm. I mean what about a if it's not a team, what about a player? So 
okay that's not a star that's the hard part right that's not a star player somebody that's on like the precipice it's going to be sga if it's the west coast okay just i just think he's got everything I, i i genuinely believe that unless oklahoma i had to think then unless oklahoma can really take a step forward as a as a team this year i think he's outgrown their roster I think he I think he's developed quicker than what some people in Oklahoma may, might have expected, or they've rebuilt slower than what they'd expected. And suddenly SGA is kind of his timeline's moved up. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this year he could prove that he it's time for him to move on because the the funder are probably two or three years away and he's yeah. re- he's ready right now. For sure. Yeah. Interesting guy to to move. I've heard some, you know, mainstream basketball podcasts talk about him, you know, potentially being on the move. What would his value be in relation to a Donovan Mitchell, um, Rudy Gobert? You know, those trades kind of just like set the market on fire um, this summer. So there he's definitely I would say he's available. Right. The Thunder at this point, they just want Wembenyama. So that's all they're hoping for is to be able to pair Wembenyana with Holmgren. That would be a heck of a front line for the next 10 years. And they could probably get a lot back for SGA because, as you said, he's just he's put it together. He's a three-level scorer. He's a good defender. He's long. He's rangy. He's like a 6'5 Rondo with a better shot. Like he, he can do a lot on, on the offensive end and on the defensive end. So I like him. Um, I'm, I'm down with that Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think I would ever tune into a Thunder game if he wasn't playing. So to, to your point, that makes a lot of sense. Like SGA is the reason you're going to watch the Thunder this year, unless you're still, you know, hoping Darius Basley makes a leap, which I, I mean might not let, happen. Let's put. I mean, we need to put a little bit of respect on Josh Giddy's name right here. True. Like I'll I'll watch the Thunder for Josh Giddy as much, like not as much as SGA, but Josh Giddy's that guy, and that's yeah. another. I think his emergence is another reason why the funder would even be willing to discuss moving on from SGA. Yeah, that's a good point. I think SGA has definitely outgrown their timeline and Josh Mm -hmm. Giddy has kind of stepped up and been like, look, man, that that blue streak, I got this, you know, (laughs) I I can be that guy for you. So I think that that eases the the pain of knowing that the player that was meant to be the, the crown jewel of your rebuild is now all of a sudden ready to kind of be moved on or sold on for a bigger haul back. It, it'll hurt and it'll, it'll push Oklahoma back a year or two possibly, but Josh Giddy will be there. And I think Josh Giddy himself is extremely talented and I'd still watch Oklahoma for him. That's fair. And he's got great hair. Um, I aspire to have curls like him. So Josh Giddy, I see you. I recognize you. You are a good player. I've, I apologize for saying I wouldn't watch you play basketball. I think you're really fun. You just saved yourself from the wrath of Aaron Baines. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Heinsohn told me all about Aaron Baines. I don't oh, want a problem God. with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I ain't looking for no beef there. I think the one more team that I'd, I'd like to say that around my league past um, is an East Coast team, and that's the Magic. I'm a sucker for young guys. I'm a big Cole Anthony guy. We're talking about guys. Love Cole Anthony. Yeah, big Cole Anthony guy. Uh, really like. I forgot his name, Franz Wagner. Love um, him, dude. He's my yeah, favorite on that big podcast. time. You know, if Jonathan Isaac can come, Jonathan Isaac can come back and look like Jonathan Isaac was before he went down with these injuries again, he's going to be a significant boost to them because he. I just feel like he's one of the modern day players that who's 
like elite level careers being just damaged bit by bit from injuries, right? And we I can say that because we've seen elite level potential from him. And you could say similar about Fultz, but really Fultz has had one healthy season since he entered the league and he looked okay. You know, I mean, he, he, Jonathan Isaac, when he was healthy, looked like a legitimate difference maker. So he's going to he's gonna come back. Uh, then, you know, they've got, I'm trying to think who else is there. Banchero's there. Yeah, yeah. You haven't even mentioned yeah. the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> Banchero's there. They've just got so many good young guys that they can lean into that they're just going to be hella fun, right? Like, they're not going to make much of a much noise. I feel like they're exactly where the funder are without the draft picks and without the SGA. But they're fun, real fun. Yeah. And I'll watch for Cole Anthony all day long. Okay. One more team. Um, this might sound crazy, but I want to watch the Pacers. I want to watch the Pacers this year because of Halliburton and our guy Neesmith. And they're fun. They play fast. I think Neesmith, we, we all wanted him to work out in Boston. It just wasn't going to happen. Ime, for whatever reason, didn't trust him last year. He, he, he didn't think that he was someone he could rely on, even though we saw some real potential when he played down the stretch um, under Brad. And he had some moments, you know, Crash Neesmith. He's really exciting. He's fun. He looks jacked coming into this year. And he looks jacked up. He's excited to get an opportunity. And they've just got a bunch of guys that are going to go out there and play fast. Another another interesting um, bet that I see out there, the over on the Pacers. I think they're over-unders at like 22 games or something like that. I'd probably go over on them. I think they're going to be really hard to guard. Um, Halliburton, I think, is going to have a heck of a year. Unless they shut things down and they like tank for a Weminyama. Um, I would I would imagine they're going to be in a lot of games. And I'm predicting Aaron Neesmith is going to find his three-point shot this year, Adam. He's going to find it. Isn't that the way, though? Leave Boston and be... Isn't that just what happens? Leave Boston and become a sniper? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Max Struess. Looking at Max Struess. Looking at you, my guy. Not even just Max Struess, bro. Numerous dudes just leave Boston and all of a sudden their shots back, and it's it's a pain, dude. Another name I'm watching this season, obviously, is my boy Romeo Langford, ready to oh, take yeah. ready to take the entire world by storm and prove he's the number two guy in the world. Um, <laughs> obviously not. Um, I'd be happy with him just proving he was an eighth man in a rotation at this point. <laughs> I told Will on, on our last pod, I told him, I was like, dude, I just want Neesmith and Romeo to get another contract in the league. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. So they can figure think, it out on that next contract. I think Neesmith has far more of a chance of doing that than Romeo. Yeah, I, I if agree. If I'm being dude. honest. I agree. Why do you say that? Well, Romeo's just been a lot more injured than Neesmith has. Neesmith's shown a bit more in terms of like aggressive aggression and you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like assertiveness. Like he looks to score. He looks to punish the rim. He, yeah, more he, of a dog. Yeah, really, really hustles and busts his back when he's trying to get back on defense. You get the chase down blocks. You get the effort. Whereas Romeo is far more of a, he's more cerebral, right? But a lot, oftentimes it looks like he's overly passive and the shot hasn't really continued to develop. You're not going to get the, the effort slash hustle plays that what Neesmith gives you. This kills me to say all of this, by the way, because I'm so, I, I was the biggest Romeo Langford proponent on the planet, but I do think he's in the best system for him with Pop. So we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Romeo, I'm I'm hoping, as I said, I'm hoping he gets another contract. I'll probably tune in to uh, a few Spurs games as I'm down here in Austin, Texas. They actually play at the um I think it's called the Long Center where the where the University of Texas plays basketball. They have a couple games there this year, so I'll definitely be uh checking them out, making making certain that I get to root Romeo on cuz I know that's your guy and you've never had a chance to root him on in, in person, so I'll make sure I do that and you can live vicariously through me. One player I did last year run in person last time I was there was John Wall. I think he's going to have a big year. Well, he started uh, the last game for the Clippers in the preseason. I don't know if that's going to continue. And he had 20 points. I'm hoping, you know, he's still, what, 29? He's still young, man. He it feels still old, right? Like, you'd feel like, like, you say John Wall, it's like, that dude's 50. Yeah. Like, you know, it's how it feels. But now he's 29. It's crazy, dude. I feel like he's going to have a big year, too. I think we can leave it at that though, because I could talk about all these dudes for ages and we've probably lost most of the listeners by this point because it's not technically <laughs> Celtics related. Probably lost them at ostriches, if I'm being honest. No, dude, that's why they, they show up because they know in the first five to 10 minutes we could talk about anything. And then they can always just hit the fast forward button, dude. Just put it in the description. Zero to 10. Adam and Greg talk about ostriches. And then 10 to end, we talk about basketball. Yeah, we do talk about ostriches. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed this show because uh, please tweet at us what you think of ostriches. Are you scared of them? Would you eat them? Are they your friend? Do you, would you them? fight them? Would you fight them? Do you have a who wrench would, with them? Who would win in a fight, an ostrich or a kangaroo? Next kangaroo. time on Celtic Pod. <laughs> kangaroo all day long. It'll kick the ostrich's heart out. Just boom, Hadouken. It's done. Hey, I got my money on the ostrich. <laughs> Everybody have a great day. We'll be back on Friday of actual basketball conversation. <laughs> Peace, everybody. Ain't disrespecting you haters. I ain't sweating your opinion. Y'all been testing my patience. Never did it for a check. I've been impressed with the famous. Just rather be creative than stressing my wages. Ageless every time I lay a verse down. One play at a time. Keep it moving like a first down. And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this. MJ never made it to the majors. Still, he chased greatness. Expected that he might fail. And I might too. I might never get to pop champagne. Celebrating with the crew. This ain't everything I am. It's something that I do.